Welcome to Talking Kotlin. On this episode, I'm sitting down with Edwin Jacobs discussing creative coding. I reached out to you because I saw some of the work that you'd been doing regarding this framework, which is called OpenRNDR, which just now you told me that RNDR does stand for render. Mm -hmm. However, you don't call it render. You say OpenRNDR, right? That's right, yeah. And it seemed quite interesting, and I had no idea absolutely what it was about. So I'm like, well, let's have you on the show and you can tell us a little bit about the idea behind this, what it is, why it's useful, et cetera. So can you give us a, like a couple of sentences of what exactly, like an elevated pitch of what is open R&DR? Okay, uh, open R&DR is a, a framework for creative coding. Um, the, the the framework is, yeah, it, it was developed by uh, by us. We are, we are a studio for um, yeah interactive design and um, open R&DR is essentially our tooling to make uh, yeah visual and interactive works and since last year we have decided to uh, yeah turn this this framework into into an open source product and. Um, yeah, we, we are currently trying to uh, find more people interested to to use this, and that the, the kind of people that we are we are targeting with this are mostly people who do creative coding. Um, okay, and and that's something that you just mentioned earlier as well. You like this is a framework for creative coding yeah. now. You know, uh, I'm assuming that by creative coding here, you're not talking about the whole debate of is is coding an art or a science. So, what exactly do you mean by creative coding? Yeah, it, it's it doesn't have anything to do with this uh, this debate, but it's it's more to to use it as a tool to create uh, yeah visual and interactive and and experimental. Uh, yeah, programs, and um, f for us, it is important that uh, yeah we have a toolkit with which we can yeah very quickly yeah, try out uh, visual and, and graphical uh, yeah things. So, by visual, are you specifically referring to basically graphic programming here, or yeah. or any kind of application that? Like has some visual UI. Uh, yeah, in Open R and R, it's it's mostly focused on uh, visual output. Uh, so that that's something different from yeah uh, user interfaces. But it's uh, yeah, it's really focused at, at at graphics programming. Okay, so can you give an example of like the type of application that you would create with it? Um, what we create with this ourselves are mostly. Um, yeah, big interactive media installations. Uh, those are uh, our works. Um, yeah, mostly they work in uh, in, in a space, uh, and, and in those spaces we use uh, sensors, uh, projection, uh, and sounds to um, yeah to yeah tell a story. Uh, yeah, using yeah a, a story as an experience mostly. 
Oops. Okay, so let me try and put an example of like something recently that I experienced and, and tell me whether this would be the type of framework that I would use for this. Yeah. So I was at a company uh, a couple of months ago and uh, they had kind of like this walkway where you would go through and they would show you with massive screens all around different, uh, you know, the, the history of the company, the stuff that they're working on. Uh, in this case, it was like the online users that they had, etc. So and this was this wasn't actually really interactive. This was just basically a walkway of me going through as if I was walking through a museum. Mm -hmm. So, so are you saying that your framework would be something for this purpose, where on top of displaying all of these graphics and this information, it would also allow me to create software that would interact with me as I walk through this uh, hallway. Yeah, that that Is would definitely be a be a use case for uh, for our software. Yeah, right. So it's it's very much, or or for example, like uh, you know when you go into a, a museum or somewhere or, or wherever mm. an, a public building or an off uh, government building and there's like interactive maps and things like that again another use case for this for this framework yeah definitely yeah um yeah so uh yeah we use it for for both these uh yeah uh, producing these kind of works uh installations as we call them uh, as well as um, yeah, prototyping and sketching uh, much smaller uh, programs that, that only show uh, visuals. Like for, uh, recently, for example, we've been um, we've been playing around a bit with uh, map visualizations uh, and uh, animated maps, uh, and that's something that that uh, we uh, use Open R and R for because it's uh, actually very um, yeah, it's it's very quick and simple to to try these things uh, in OpenR and your... Okay, and so this is what you would kind of classify as creative coding, right? Yeah, roughly. I th I think like the, the field itself is 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 a bit a bit wider than this, but but yeah, to me it is mostly um, yeah doing uh, yeah, mostly visual uh, and interactive. Yeah, yeah, making visual and in interactive works, um, yeah, through code. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what uh, creative coding is. But anyone that is into creative coding or is aware of this concept could easily associate what they do with the features and characteristics that your framework provides. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I mean, we are not the only framework for, uh, for, for this kind of coding, of course. Um, there, there are uh, several uh, frameworks out, out there, um, mostly for, for um, yeah, different programming languages. But um, yeah, I, I think most of these frameworks, they, they well, they, they share, they share a similar goal. And I think the, 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 the tool sets that those frameworks offer are also, um, yeah, they show similarities. So now that you bring it up, I mean, what are some of the alternative ones out there? And are there any, because obviously we'll get into why Kotlin, why Java, et cetera, yeah. uh, JVM, mm -hmm. but are there any alternative ones in the JVM space or, or is this kind of new in, in yeah, this area? Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a very, 
big and important player in this field, and that's uh, processing. And uh, processing is also uh, a JVM-based framework. Uh, processing goes a bit further. They uh, they de actually they define uh, a bit of um, a Java dialect language, and they also offer um, yeah an editor. So practically, the only thing you have to do to get started is to uh, download this this processing environment that comes with an editor, and you can essentially start start working on something right away, which is super super interesting and handy uh, for uh, for example teaching these kind of uh, kind of things. Yeah. So why invent your own? I mean, if especially if you if you're I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing that you're a JVM uh, slash Java based uh, developer. Mm -hmm. um, why why write something new? And and we'll get to the Kotlin part in a moment. But why write something new? That's a that's a good question. Um, I think at the time when we needed such tools. Um, we found that uh, processing, and I, I definitely want, don't want to slash them here. Um, uh, I, I found that processing was a bit too much focused on, um, yeah, being this isolated product, and um, yeah, we wanted something that integrated well with, um, uh, yeah, existing development environments like uh, like IntelliJ. Uh, and that, yeah, for some reason at that point in time, we thought that that processing wasn't a really good fit for us there. So we we uh, started working on our on our own framework there. So when you're saying in, integrated with IntelliJ, in what sense? Like processing is its own standalone tool that doesn't really use any other IDE. Is that what you mean? Yeah, but that's that's also not entirely true these days anymore because also uh, you can use processing as a as a library, and nowadays they even offer uh, like uh, Maven artifacts. So that's that's has become a lot easier than um, than it was back then when we when we started with this. But yeah, that that's. That's um, that's how how it started, and I think um, yeah, now things did change a bit, and I think that's mostly because um, yeah, because of the Kotlin language that that has made for us at least uh, uh, a very big difference in how we um, yeah approach such a framework. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about that because briefly looking through the the documentation and the tutorials, I saw uh, what was a lot of usage of DSLs yeah. uh, that you're making use of a Kotlin. So why did you actually go with Kotlin? Was it because of the DSLs or was it something else? I mean, had you have you been using, were you using Kotlin before diving into creating your own framework? Okay, so the... Um, the initial versions of uh, of this framework they were actually written in Java, and they they actually did things in in a very similar way to 
to processing and um, uh, I don't think there were any big uh, conceptual differences uh, in there. Then um, we got in, in touch with, uh, yeah, with the Kotlin language, something as, yeah, we, we just want to, to try this language, see what it does. And then, um, so we, we were using uh, the Kotlin language, but still this, this entire framework written in Java. And it, um, it just felt really like a, a convenient language to, to use for, for this kind of programming. Because yeah, there are so many really nice tools to uh, model the thing that you're doing in a, in a very simple and, and, and concise way. And I think after that 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 moment where we kind of fell in love with with Kotlin, we decided to um, yeah to rewrite this this framework. And while we were rewriting it, you you also learn you learn more about uh, what the Kotlin language is and what these. Yeah, what these these features like uh, DSLs, uh, what they can do for you, and I must say that a lot of the the framework has, yeah, it slowly evolved into something that's more DSL based, uh, simply because uh, we got more and more in touch with it uh, over time. Yeah, and do you think that? The, so, I mean, you would say that the choice of Kotlin has added value to what you offer as opposed to some of the competitors because of leveraging this idea of... Yeah, I, I think it, it really uh, it makes things a, a lot easier. Um, uh, we've also made some, some simple frameworks. For example, um, there's... Uh, uh, there's an extension to open RNDR which does essentially um, yeah layered graphics so you get a, a DSL that offers yeah sort of a, a document interface that works very similar to how uh, a Photoshop document would work so you can organize uh, the visuals that you're working on, in a in a layered document, and in every layer you can describe, um, yeah, use these kind of uh, of post processing on this layer, and blend this layer uh, using uh, this and this blend mode uh, with the with the uh, with the previous layers, and we we actually uh, we gave workshops with this very simple framework to. Uh, young, young graphic design students, and it is really easy to 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 teach it to them. You 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 explain how the how this document model works, and uh, they they can very easily. Yeah, it's in the beginning. It's mostly copy pasting uh, layers together, but they they can very quickly like all programming essentially. <laughs> beginning is first copy pasting. Yeah, but but they 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 
I have the idea that it's it's uh, a very powerful tool to yeah to to get people started working on on these kind of um, on these kind of visuals. I mean, you mentioned in your site as well that like we don't teach you the basics of programming no. language. That if you want to learn, you know, that you would recommend that people know programming languages or have a, a a notion of uh, programming languages before trying to use your framework. Yeah. Is that is that accurate? Okay, so then, but now you're kind of saying like, we've shown this to graphic designers, which I would assume that generally they don't have a big knowledge of, of programming. I mean, I'm sure some of them do, but if yeah. you look at graphic design profession, I'm guessing that there's not a lot of overlap. There, with, yeah, there's, um, uh, there are some, interesting uh changes to that to that regard um especially if you uh if you look at uh graphic design education in the netherlands um where programming has become uh yeah a, a serious part of the curriculum um uh, students do get um yeah, they do get taught in how to how to program. Of course, this is uh, it's it's really hard to compare this to to uh, for example computer science levels of programming, but um, they do get these things and they they are taught these things with the yeah with the idea of giving them tools that they can that they can use. That's interesting. So I guess that then it'll be just somewhat easier now for people to adopt yeah. more specific languages such as this, right? Because I mean, in all essence, you could kind of say that open RNDR is its own language, right? In in the sense that, I mean, how you've designed it, that really it's, it's very domain specific to graphic design mm -hmm. and really what people have to learn there more than the APIs would be kind of like the DSL for, for it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if, if, if I really made my own, own language there, because uh, I think with the, I mean, yeah, the DSLs, of course, they, they model very small, small um, problems, but I think over, Overall, I, I I try to make something that is, yeah, just just very simple to to learn and and to and to use. Yeah, I mean, maybe I just looked at too many examples of <laughs> using DSLs. <laughs> but, yeah, um, the, yeah. I guess saying, I mean, sure. Like, if you talk about the language obviously in the context of a dsl of a domain specific language right it, because you you are using concepts very specific to your particular domain thus domain yeah, specific language um, I, I love explaining things because i take acronyms and i just turn them around and i explain them with the acronym itself right yeah. it's just like um so uh okay so do you feel that uh like in terms of someone that wants to get into graphic programming then and seeing that this is in Kotlin and maybe let, you know, we'll assume that they have no knowledge of Kotlin. Yeah. Uh, where, where would you find the, the biggest challenge for them? Would it be 
would it be Kotlin or would it be getting to understand the whole JVM with the um, you know the, the the build systems, the the framework, well, the, yeah, yeah, you know the the tooling, all of this. Yeah. Okay, um, I think I think the 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 biggest hurdle in in this is, and that's also something that that we've seen because we we give these workshops, is uh, really uh, setting up the the development environment, and um, and walking them through. Um, actually, I, I think the like just setting up the the development environment uh, that involves now um, installing a, uh, a a JDK and installing uh, IntelliJ and uh, depending on which operating system you use, you also have to install a, a, a separate version of, of Git. And for for the graphic design students, that we we allocate like several hours for them to to set this up, and and that's um, that's a really strange hurdle because it's 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 just setting up setting up tools. But once this is set up, um, uh, they it, it's fair, fairly easy for them to. Um, yeah, get through Git uh, a template program or an example program, and once they found the the run button, and they have set up all the the little details uh, in IntelliJ, right? Uh, they can go fairly fairly quickly, and I I think that uh, yeah, in terms of just getting stuff on the screen, the the documentation that that we have. Prepared offers offers a lot of um, um, yeah, a lot of places where you can just yeah copy and paste and and see see what happens. But it's uh, yeah strangely enough, it's it's really setting up the tools that is uh, currently the biggest uh, the biggest hurdle in the process. One of the things that I was going to ask is how reliant are you on the JVM itself in terms of libraries that you are using? Mm, I yeah, so I think the the, the JVM itself is um, yet yeah, to us it's a, a very interesting. Uh, Tool because it allows you to to write software that is um, well relatively performant and uh, stable, and when you do something that is not exactly right, the JVM is um, really good at telling you where the problem is, and um, it, it it yeah the tools around it. Uh, makes make it the process of just clicking on the error message and and fixing it and i i think that is to us the yeah the, the most important reason why we we use uh, the jvm because it's it's such a stable uh, product and it is it is pretty hard to make 
software that crashes without knowing or without understanding why it crashes. Uh, yeah. Have you considered Kotlin native at any time? I I have I have I have looked at it, but I I don't know enough about it to to say anything use uh, anything yeah anything sensible about it. Uh, I I think I I like the ideas, but as I said, I I like I like the working with the the JVM so much. Um, I I don't fully see why I would um, why I would take it out. Maybe if if we ever decide to to target um, like smaller platforms like uh, like mobile, like iPhone or uh, or Android, that this would make sense. But well, fair enough. I mean, I was talking more in terms of like, do you feel if that's why I was asking you previously in terms of do you feel like the tooling is is such an impediment that that removing certain levels of tooling, in this case the the JDK. Um, would try and provide you with uh, a lower en barrier of entry slash at some point I'm guessing that maybe you know Kotlin native will be optimized and normally people think about you know native development for graphic programming for being able to embed it on smaller devices etc and since you were talking about you know some other devices such as Raspberry Pi etc whether it would make any sense at all. Yeah, I, as I said, I know, I don't know enough about it to make a... Yeah, okay, fair enough. So is your library, obviously it's open source, right? Uh, but your main line of business is that you're using this library yourself, right? right? Yeah. And uh, so are you having external contributors to this library? Um, some, I, I have... I I get some pull requests now and then, and then I uh, yeah I try to to merge them in, um, but at this point I am um, yeah I'm I'm responsible for well at least ninety five percent of uh, yeah of the code that's in in, in this framework, and this is um, something that I would I would definitely like to see to yeah we'd definitely like to see this change so that, that there's more contributions from outside and um yeah that there's um a bit less work for me to do in terms of development yeah i mean that's what about the usage of it like are, are people using it even if not contributing yeah yeah, but um, I must say that this this is really hard to to measure at this point. Um, so we have some our our artifacts are currently uh, hosted on on Bintray, and I see monthly. Uh, yeah, I, I think somewhere between four and six thousand downloads, but I. I find it hard to say what those numbers mean uh, because the open r and uh, framework is divided in uh, in multiple modules. So I I have to divide this number of 6,000 by the number of modules, I think. Um, 
then I don't know how many of those downloads are actually the the build system uh, or ourselves. So it's it's really hard to say how many people are actually using it. Um, but I know that there, are, well, there are at least some people out there using it. Um, but it's it's really hard to tell how many. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, you know, you can only go by certain uh, metrics and always those with a pinch of salt, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, it's got 3,000 stars and it's got 2,000 forks. Sure, yeah, that does indicate certain metrics, which are valuable, obviously, but, you know, you can only go so far with that information. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the biggest thing is that you're using it yourselves. It's something that you're finding useful and that is a very, very important factor, believe it or not, in other people adopting a technology, right? Is that other creators themselves actually using yeah. it. Because you'll be surprised by the number of times where you find frameworks that the people that have created them or the companies that are behind them aren't actually using it themselves. Yeah. Which says quite a bit. Cool. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, thanks for taking the time. And uh, it really is cool, the stuff that you've done with this framework. So I do wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thank you.